2: Kia ora, welcome to Bookends with Ruth Todd and Maureen Raut. And today it's all about the Word Festival, which is coming up at the end of August. I hope you've got a programme or you've located it on uh, the website because there's some amazing uh, events. Well, it's all amazing, actually. So today I'm talking with programme co-director Rachel King and then we're going to hear about a new anthology of Asian voices that is going to be launched at the festival. The Word Christchurch Festival is coming up. It's going to run from the 25th to the 29th of August. It is jam-packed with amazing, interesting and new Novel events. Rachel King is the program co director, and we're going to try and cram into 12 minutes.
0: (laughs) 12 minutes, okay.
2: (laughs) Everything you want to say about this program. Okay,
0: all right. Well, let's start with saying that it's been a really interesting and challenging time, obviously, trying to put on an international writers' festival in the time of corona. But in some ways, it's actually made us get creative, and I think this is one of our best festivals yet. Even though we don't have we we have a couple of international writers who just happen to be in New Zealand, but other than that, we don't have any of them in person. But we've had to get incredibly creative about the way we present them. And so, I guess the first thing I might tell you about is the Faraway Near, which is um, a a special uh, pop-up digital purpose-built venue that we're putting together and it's going to be at Tūranga. Uh, and the concept is um, a night or a day at the pub with your friends and a favourite writer. So you have we have 12 tables of eight um, in the venue and each table has a screen at the end of it with the writer sitting at the table with you. So it's to create the illusion of having a really interesting dinner party guest. Um, and we've had lots of attention about this um, in the media and we did a Boosted campaign for it that people loved. So, um, and because because seats are limited, uh, it just creates a really different, intimate experience, and people should definitely book for those very soon. They
2: should, and they can eat and drink.
0: That's right. They can have. They can go. The bar will be open the whole time. They can go and have drinks and bring them to their table. And um, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So, and you know, you can get get together a group, or you can just join a, join a table with other people. And people need to look at all the um, wonderful writers that you've gathered. And
2: I'm particularly interested in Helen Macdonald coming back. Yes, we through just Kunzru, AC. Yes. Grayling, but um, philosophy. Yes, there's just about everything yeah, you've been. basically called.
0: Grayling in conversation with Kim Hill was is not to miss. I mean, all of them are not to miss. in might but no, of course. Exactly. But we also have Ava Homa, who's a, um, the only Kurdish woman to ever have a novel published in English. Um, and uh, Beirut Bouchani will be interviewing her, so they'll be. Ta- you know, that's your mm. chance to get really up close and personal with um, with the the fight of the Kurdish people and um, and what they've been through. So that's, yeah, really interesting. Um, uh, The Backlisted podcast, which is my favourite books podcast in the world, are doing a special edition for us with Paula Morris. Uh, Elliot Higgins of Bellingcat talking with Nikki Hager about investigative journalism. Uh, Mark O'Connell talking about the end of days and notes from an apocalypse. Um, And Tommy Orange, who's a Native American Great writer. Great writer. We could spend the whole
2: programme talking about it. But what do you want to highlight next,
0: Rachel? Let's talk about um, some of the big events we've got and then we can go down to the the smaller ones. Is that all right? Yeah, good Uh, So a hilarious uh, surprise that we got was that um, uh, Sarah Ferguson, Duchess of York... Um, was um, wanting to do a digital event in New Zealand and so we snapped her up because we think that could be really interesting. She's written a romance novel. Um, and you can grab your your auntie and your mum and your friends and come and have um, tea and scones and, uh, and chat with the Duchess. Uh, we've got Helen Clark, who's been right at the front lines of both uh, climate change issues and the coronavirus pandemic, so she'll be talking about that. Um, She'll also be joining Abbas Nazari, who is uh, one of the Tampa refugees, who's an extraordinary young man who's written a book. He was a child on the Tampa. Um, He's now a Fulbright Scholar, um, grew up in Christchurch, and so he'll be appearing to talk about that alongside Uh, Helen Clark, Uh, one of my favourite events of any of the festivals that I've ever programmed um, is a world-exclusive collaboration of um, music and storytelling with um, David Mitchell, UK author of Cloud Atlas and Utopia Avenue, um, alongside one of my favourite songwriters, Tiny Ruins. Um, This is an incredible project. They've... they've, uh, They've swapped stories and songs. So David has written a couple of short stories inspired by um, Holly Fulbrook's songs. And Holly has written a couple of songs inspired by David's stories that he's sent her um, and also Utopia Avenue. He actually sent her some lyrics that the characters in Utopia Avenue had on their songs and, and offered them to her for to use for her music. So this is a one-night-only, you-have-to-be-there um, and it's live with David. It's isn't live. It? Da- yeah. David will be digital. Yes. Um, and Holly will be live, and it will be at the James Hay Theatre, and it will be quite an extraordinary event. So um, I really, yeah can't recommend that enough. Uh, we're also beaming in live from the Edinburgh Book Festival. We've developed a really good relationship with them over the years and they have a purpose-built studio. Uh, and we have the King of Edinburgh, Ian Rankin, um, will be coming to us live from the Edinburgh Book Festival and they tell us that the Edinburgh Castle will be in the background as he's speaking, so you really get the sense that you're attending. You're there. You're yeah. attending the Edinburgh Book Festival, which mm. is uh, on at the same time as us, so that's extraordinary. Um an event that's about to sell out uh, is the uh, Kāwai o Tahu, um, The Art of Water, with Marlon Williams, Ariana Tikau and Ruby Solly, which will be a night of music inspired by the waters of Te Wai Poonamu, um which will be really, really oh, great.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great grouping of people. Wonderful.
0: Yes. yes. Um, but, I mean, where to start? So my co-director, Nick Lowe, has put together an incredible programme of Ngai Tahu stories as well. Um, we've collaborated with uh, the Kirsch Festival in Galway, Ireland, to, on an event which brings together um, native speakers of Gaelic and native speakers of Te Reo Māori um, who've collaborated on that. Um, if you're wondering about what the um, Ngaitahu's water claim is all about, we've got a session. Uh, All about that, explaining it. Uh, On the Thursday night of the festival, we're going to transform Turanga into a live um, storytelling space. You know, those incredible staircases they've got there. There's a statue halfway up the first one, and that's of Tafaki and it's the whole building encompasses the creation the Ngaitahu creation myth and we've got storytellers um, and uh, Taonga poro players bringing that story to life so and that's free isn't that's it that's a free event yeah. for the community um, to really showcase the what an amazing space Turanga is but also the yeah the story that's actually been been built into the into the building we do have a sellout. Adventurous Woman has once again sold out, this time quicker than ever. So People love <laughs> it, don't they? Um, we have Matt and Sarah Brown. She is Not Your Rehab, so they've been getting a lot of media attention lately with their incredible um, movement against domestic violence. So this is your chance to actually hear them speak and to, to meet them afterwards. Um, we've got the New Regent Street Pop-Up Festival is coming back Oh, I free. love that. I love that going to yeah. be bigger than ever. Yeah. Uh, we've got twelve spaces on New Regent Street, which will be used for various word, wordy activities and um, the gala on the Friday night, um, which has Patricia Grace, uh, American writer Rick Tchaikovsky, Sue Kedgley, Tay Tibble, Kate Camp, um, hosted by Michelle A Court, uh, and that's called the place. This place you return to as home. So and anyone... that's become your theme, isn't it? Pretty much. Yes. Yeah, the... So. it's... The, what's emerged as the theme is we're calling it near and far. Mm. so it's all about intensely local stories, celebrating our local stories, but also looking to global events, but also bringing these writers that seem so far away at the moment, bringing them right to our table as mm. well. So, yeah, it, it, it fitted quite quite neatly really. Um, we have uh, daisy Daisy Speaks, who's a wonderful local Christchurch spoken word. Poet um, has curated a wonderful night of um, Māori and Pacifica storytelling uh, and music. So we've got the Judah Band and the Billie Jean Project uh, pairing with um, poets Ben Brown, Carlo Mila, Juanita Hippy, Dietrich Soakai, Hanapira Awake, Ruby Solly, and Tusiata Avia. Which will be amazing. I mean, the evening events are all there's so many um, good evening events and lots in in some different venues as well. Yeah, yeah that's right. And Patricia Grace is going to be a highlight. Her session's mm. selling incredibly well. I bet people um, people mm. love her. So we've got Charlotte Grimshaw as well, whose book, The Mirror Book, obviously has oh, been a there's going to be up. a lot of people come to that. <laughs> Um for families, we've got the Great Word Story Hunt happening again, which is a free event where children look for clues um, around the library to find the next story. Uh, and there's, there'll be a storyteller hidden on each of the five levels, ready to tell them a story. There's lots of good new and emerging writers in this program, Rachel, which I'm really pleased to see. Because... Yeah, that's right. So w- one of the things we like to do is, you know, give a platform for new voices as well, and wherever possible, those events are free to attend. So um, if you like, for instance, Claire Maletta's, um book Unsheltered, which is uh, sort of a post-apocalyptic kind of climate um, climate novel, uh, is appearing with Branavan Ningalingam, who was shortlisted for The Occams, and also Sue Orr, whose wonderful new book, Loop Tracks, um, she's just brought out. So that's a free event, so if you come along and you like the sound of the stories, you can use your money to buy the book instead afterwards. So, <laughs> you know, in that way we really like to try and support the local publishing ecosystem and, you know, put some money in the in the writers' pockets as well. Um, ben Brown, um, who is currently the inaugural Te Awhi Rito Reading Ambassador, will be giving the Margaret Mahi Memorial Lecture. Um, and, I mean, he's an incredible speaker, um, and that will also be a free event. Um, We've got a great uh, panel on climate change, very important, obviously. Kim Hill will be chairing it. Um, We've got Tom Doig, uh, Kira Sherwood-Oregan, and Dave Lowe on that one. So if you're concerned about the climate and living with climate change now, I think, um, is the theme of that one. Um, yes. First, get people to acknowledge it. That's right, <laughs> and admit that we're living with it, and what and how we can, and you know, how we can do move that move forward. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a over eighty events, more than one hundred and fifty writers workshops. Workshops. If you're an aspiring writer, or even if you just want to brush up on some skills. You can do poetry with Carlo Mila. You can do investigative journalism with Nikki Hager. You can do novel writing with Stephanie Johnson. A couple of those workshops have already sold out. So if you want to... Just quickly before Mm. we finish, tell Mm. me about the Takahe magazine in residence. Yes. So this is one of Nick's um, ideas. So he's very much about um, hands-on things during the festival. And so Takahe, which is a... Um, a local, but you know, a very well-respected New Zealand literary journal um, will be setting up shop in the ground floor of Turanga for the duration of the festival, and they'll be they'll be editing and designing and printing the magazine all over the course of the festival. But here's the thing: you get to go and give them your submit your work for consideration. So if you've got a poem or short story that you want to, you just take it along, um, hand it over, and they'll they'll give it a read, and um, and if it makes the cut, then they will publish it in the special festival. Edition, so. That's
2: going to be wonderful because it's, it's ongoing throughout and people can drop in and out, as That's you right. say, and
0: see it. So they'll be there from 12 to 4 every day of the festival, so you can just pop along and see. And then there'll be a launch party for it at the end of the festival at 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock? Um, at Turanga. On Sunday. Four o'clock, actually. Four o'clock, thank four you. Four o'clock. <laughs> you've taken
2: an hour off there. <laughs>
0: Time limit. <laughs> well, Rachel,
2: you and Nick have done an extraordinary job to collate this, as you say, under difficult circumstances, but you've come up with some extraordinary um, events. and um, Thank you. And it will be a buzzy, buzzy weekend, yeah. and we really need to say get looking at the programme, either online or find a, a programme somewhere, yes. because these
0: things are... They are starting to sell out. They yes. are, yes, yes so exactly. definitely. Book, book early. Um, there are lots of free events over, I think, around 40% of the programme is actually free this year, um, but you they will be first in, first served, so you have to turn up for those, yeah. So, get looking for this. The site to
2: go on to is...? WordChristchurch.co.nz and we'll look forward to seeing you all at the festival this year. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks, Lauren. You're listening to Bookends on Plans FM ninety six point nine.
1: The knot in the cream shari. My grandmother used to tie knots in the archol of her After she became a widow, She only wore variations of white. The knots were there to remind her that she had unfinished business. Perhaps she had left milk curds straining in a piece of muslin. Or maybe she needed to bring the washing in. Sometimes the knots were there to remind her she needed to make extra prayers that day. It could be a remembrance day for a particular god. It might be the anniversary of a significant death in the family. Today, I'm helping my father to clear away some of the junk he has collected over the years. Where do you want me to take these things, I ask? Is there a municipal dump near here? (laughs) My father laughs as if I've asked if there's a nuclear rocket launcher in his back garden. What he does have, though, is an area that acts as landfill, where we are to dump out-of-date vials of insulin from when my mother was alive, mouldy books they shipped from England that are now covered in a fine layer of mildew, and a decade's worth of paperwork, if he can be persuaded it will never be useful again. We move one box of documents and a mouse leaps onto my shoulder and then onto him. My father tells me what he wants to save and then leaves me to sort through more piles of memories. I have trouble remembering what he asked me to save and what can be thrown out. Later, I call Onapurna away from kitchen duties and ask her for help in shifting piles of rubbish to the unofficial dump. A barrage of protestation hinders me. You can't throw this out, and we might be able to sell that. Perhaps this is a job for another day. I find my father in the lounge. He's snoring lightly in his chair and is startled by my presence. Sorry I woke you, I say. Stop doing that now, he says. Come and sit with me. You'll leave in a few days. We drink the tea that Onapurna brings and talk. I'm aware I haven't utilised this opportunity to find out all I wanted to know about my father's past. I'll fly home in less than 48 hours, still grappling with our differences, still searching for common ground. Uh, Tell me something more about what it was like when the war broke out. World War II coincides with one of the darkest periods in India's history. I know I might find some answers here. My father tells me how they feared air raids, He talks about curfews, rations and corruption. He speaks of famine and how it selectively wiped out certain sections of society whilst others were left unaffected. He talks about seeing bodies in the streets, moist and swollen by putrefaction. Once he's begun, he doesn't want to stop. The wind picks up again and screams a warning through the shutters. I understand a little more about my father this day, as a maddening wind threatens. I learn something about how his values were shaped, about his hopes and disappointment. But it is still not enough. Eventually he's too tired to talk any more. It's time for his siesta. On resuming my search for things to discard, I find a white shari, musty and folded. One of the corners has a knot tied in it. Perhaps it will take someone else to clear my father's house. Someone stronger than I am. That was
2: Christchurch writer Nod Gosh reading from a new anthology that is about to be launched at the upcoming Word Festival The anthology is called A Clear Dawn, New Asian Voices from Aotearoa New Zealand. It's edited by Paula Morris and Alison Wong, and I spoke to Alison about the task of finding and collating these fascinating new voices. Alison, this must have been a massive task for you and Paula just to set the parameters for this anthology. You know, just working out what the geographic spread would be, what your definition of new voices would be. Tell me a bit about the process of sorting that out.
3: Yes, it was actually really complicated and a little fraught because no matter what parameters you set... um, It's very imprecise, and you are and are worrying about um, who you're excluding because you don't want to exclude anyone, and you know. But it, it was such a massive thing; we actually had to put some boundaries because otherwise we would have too much and would not be able to actually have you know, a publishable manuscript. Um, And it was actually Paula's idea to go with new writers or so-called emerging writers, partly because it would give so many new people an opportunity to get known, whereas a lot of the more established people already ah uh, no and to some extent not well enough i think but it was a way of allowing a lot more um to be published that otherwise wouldn't be uh, that certainly so, gives
2: it a freshness doesn't it i'm not saying the others are stale but it's you know it is wonderful to read so many different voices, such a diversity and knowing that they are, you know, some are teenagers, (laughs) some are older people and their immigrant experience has been so different.
3: Yeah and um, what we've done is in the introduction we have actually named a whole lot of the forerunners to these, these new voices so that you know, people can go and look up the names we mentioned in the, um, the introduction and find the people that are not included just because we felt that they were too established in the sense that they had, when we were selecting more than two books published or uh, may have been recognised with New Zealand Honours for their contribution to literature, those sorts of things. Uh, so we didn't want to exclude those people, and we want people to look for those those writers as well. We only um, selected sort of a narrower version of Asia, excluding, say, Iran and Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, those sorts of places, because we already had so many people... Um, it was just going to be too difficult, and I I have some regret that people from those areas are not included because I'm thinking, where are they being published? You know, it, it's a problem I think for all of us who come from perhaps minority backgrounds. One of
2: your writers, Karen Tay, sees um, an ethnic author box as another form of colonisation. Yeah. Did you come up against that um, reaction from many of the writers? Is it quite a common feeling?
3: I think at the beginning there were a few that were worried that we'd get um, pigeonholed or stereotyped. Um, But I think what we've done uh, as editors is we've just gone for diversity in every sense to showcase how different we all are. Um, Obviously, we we didn't just include anyone just because of their diversity. Um, Literary quality was number one. But at the same time, uh, we tried to show how different we are in terms of the things we write about, our style and voice, um, themes, our backgrounds, um, content, geographic location, age, all of those sorts of things. So when you look at this anthology, there's really something for everyone, and it's very difficult to say this is what Asian writers are because just like everyone, we're all different.
2: I found that absolutely wonderful. There was such good writing in there and and such a lot to provoke me and make me question things, and so much just to entertain and delight you. So... I enjoyed the fact that you put the bios of the writers above their contributions so that you could read that first and get a sense of of what the experience had been for these particular writers and then see how it was um how it came out in their particular writing
3: or not. Yes. And it was completely up to our writers how they wanted those introductions to be you know, uh, written, uh, we encourage them to say something of their background and why they write and what they write, so that it would help readers in reading their work and understanding where they're coming from.
2: You predict both of you, that New Zealand literature is going to be utterly transformed over the next 20 years by these new voices. And I I think you're right.
3: Yeah, I think that New Zealand, Aotearoa New Zealand, is um, starting to understand how diverse we are in every way. So, you know... Obviously, we're not saying, you know, it's not Pākehā writers at all. It's just all of us. We are a diverse community of many, many voices, Māori, Pacifica, and many other um, different kinds of backgrounds and cultures and uh, heritages. And we all come together as one nation, and I hope that all of us can... Start to understand each other better, listen to each other, talk with each other better and and find a kinship with each other, despite any differences with respect. I hope
2: well, good writing. Uh, does all those things it, it's so transformational so I think you've done a, an enormous um, service to all of us um, in presenting these new writers and I have to say it's a most beautiful book the cover has got a silky sense to it and um, it's just handsome and beautifully printed so well done
3: thank you a Clear Dawn, New Asian Voices from
2: Aotearoa, New Zealand is edited by Paula Morrison, Alison Wong and published by Auckland University Press. And join us, Maureen Raut and Ruth Todd, next Tuesday on Bookends on Plains FM 96.9.